Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 59, May 13th, 2023. So glad you could make it. Happy Mother's Day to all who celebrate. And a happy birthday to my guy, Matt Orth. One of my favorite movies of ever is Goodwill Hunting. Um, it shows up in the top spot quite often <clears throat> of my favorites. But, uh, you know, Will Hunting is this guy and he's got some uh, great intelligence and great uh, mental gifts and uh, but a bad, you know, a bad lot, whatever. And uh, as he goes through his counseling session with with Sean, uh, played by Robin Williams, he, uh, you know, at one point, uh, Sean asks him what he wants to do. What do what does he want to do? What does he want to be? And he just says, "I want to be a shepherd." And you know, it makes the counselor mad because he realizes, and and he calls him out. He says, uh, "You know, you you've." You do all this other stuff. You got all these things to say, but when it comes to a simple question like "What do you want to do?" then you give me this ridiculous answer, like being a shepherd. Anyway, I don't know if you've seen that, but I've been thinking about that some this week. Um, and then I read some some philosophy quotes. You know, I've, I've had this—I don't know—just this wrestling with identity, this wrestling with what do I want to be. <laughs> Who am I? All those types of existential type questions. Um, my friend Delaney talked about a quarter life crisis, and I thought that was pretty accurate. I think that tends to tends to happen to me along the way too. Here we are in the third life, after all. Um, but I, I've found these philosophy quotes on Instagram as I still continue to wrestle with whether or not that's sucking my life away. Obviously, that algorithm's winning so far. But I found these. This this thing that um, that has philosophy quotes. Actually, the first one, it's anonymous, and I don't know um, if it's even a, a famous philosopher or whatever. But the words say, "Fill the notebook, wear the outfit, buy the flowers, send the card, use the china, book the trip, take the selfies, hang the art, say the words, light the good candles." And that kind of sent me on a pretty good thought pattern over the last week. And then I read another one that says the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. And that one is by Albert Camus. I'm going to go with Camus. Um, C-A-M-U-S. Also very related to Matt Orth, T-R-S-H. Stay close to anything that makes you glad you are alive. Hafez um, had that one, and I don't know Hafez. Stay close to anything that makes you glad that you are alive. And so that kind of took me down the path of, all right, let's let's kind of stop wallowing as best we can in this self-pity type stuff, which, you know, whatever. I'm hating on it. I'm just saying, like, okay, I don't know who I am. I'm trying to figure this out. Forty-five years old, you know, wrestling with identity. So let me let me stay close to the things that make me glad that I'm alive. And so I just made a quick list 
what are some things that make me glad? Well, books are glad. Uh, books are glad. Books make me glad. Um, and I've been reading, as you know, if, if you listen to the last uh, episode, a lot from like Oprah's book list and all this kind of stuff. And I started with Anne Napolitano. I've talked about that. Read her four works. And then um, I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Uh, and then I read this one about the octopus. What was it called? Um, Remarkably Bright Creatures. And that was really good. And then I just read this one called A Man Called Ove which is adapted into the movie with Tom Hanks, a man called Otto. And it was just really fantastic. I mean, it's the, it's the best I've read of this recent kind of dive into reading. And now I have picked up the house in the cerulean sea by TJ Klune on, on recommendation from my guy, uh, Matthew Frazier, um, giver of the token of hope. And so I'm, I'm getting started into that one, and we're kind of picking up. It's a little bit of a different, uh, how do you say, genre. Um, it's a more fantasy world, kind of Harry Potter-like type stuff. And uh, so anyway, it's starting to get going. But I, I've got a bunch of books in the queue, you know, in the cart on Amazon. And I need to try to find a library so I can stop maybe spending all my money. But they make me glad. They uh, make me glad that I'm alive. This does podcasting. I, I I like to say that I write and I do write and I write for the podcast and I keep it's somewhat of a journal really uh, on my notes on the iPhone here um, and then I write it up and I think about it through the week and sometimes I, I write you know for Facebook or whatever as a mayor I have my mayor messages and all that kind of stuff and that's fun for me you know writing those types of things but podcasting I, uh, this is a a huge part of a thing that makes me glad. I'm glad about flowers. And I've thought about it, you know. I've talked about it before, maybe even starting up my own flowery, florist, floristry. Um, with also some baked goods. And uh, But there's that whole thing about like even knowing which flowers are which that I don't. And uh, how they work, you know. And all that kind of stuff. So I'll have to do some learning. But I did go around and picked. We got some roses that are growing. And uh, the old school ones, you know, the ones with the big thorns on it. Not those uh, those cheating roses. What are those ones called? I think they're cheating roses. Oh, I can't remember. It's the ones that everybody get. Knock out, knock off, knock off roses. Yeah, knock off roses. And um, I got these other kind of wild roses that grow in this bush that I didn't even know about. Picked some of those off, got some clovers, you know. I did some arranging. I did some arranging last night, and it, and it makes me glad. I do like flowers. I like all the color. I like art. I've got art from various people, mostly from my friend Delaney. I've got my special art that I drew, and it is special, guys, for sure. Um, but I love art. I love the art that you create. I love poetry that people r r write. Um whatever. I like, I like to see what your expression is. Things that maybe I like cleaning. Um, and you know, this is the weekend. Usually I clean on Sundays and I enjoy it. Like I enjoy cleaning the toilet and scrubbing the showers and sweeping the floors. The best machine ever created ever is the rainbow vacuum. And I wish I did have one, but if I did, I'm not sure what else I would do. I think I would just constantly be rainbowing uh, around the place. Um, things that make me glad are like 
body shape. I don't know how to say this, but uh, I don't know. I'm in pretty good shape for 45, and it makes me glad to see like my muscles and stuff. And I'm not saying I got them, but I'm saying that when I do work out some, even just a little bit, then there is some some of that stuff going on. And so I'm trying to get back to the Y. Like during spring break, I went at 8 o'clock. I'm going to go here in just a second to the Y and do my working out and all that kind of stuff and try to get in this routine. I know that while school is here, that going at 5 is the best possible scenario, except for the fact that it's at 5, which makes it the worst possible scenario. But I've only got a few more weeks, and so if I could somehow kickstart it now, then when I get to June and I can go at 7, you know, or 6.30, right when I wake up, then that would be amazing. I do like sweets and baking. I'm thinking about getting back into it maybe once a week, maybe a special night of baking where I can cook up some stuff. And, of course, i got to get my practice for my flowery and my bakery. Um, I enjoy hiking. Like, I love walking along the river. Um, I like waterfalls. Um, I like nature. Nature's cool. Um, except for the little webs. I don't enjoy the little webs that I walk through when I go first thing in the morning because I'm soft. I love to drive. I love to drive. I love to drive. I'm looking forward to some long road trips this summer. Although I am getting older now. And so like sitting in the car for hours and hours and hours at a time, I'm going to have to come up with some, some support pillow systems or something like that. Wow. Um, of course I love music and all types of music and I'm looking, you know, I'm always listening to music. I enjoy mayoring. I do. I really enjoy doing that. It's the thing that makes me glad that I'm, that I'm alive. I mean, obviously my kids, I, I added this one in late really just because a couple of days ago, like my younger two were, were out planting this, this plant because my daughter says she's a plant mom now. And they continue to go out and check on it to make sure that the bunnies and the squirrels aren't eating this pepper plant. We think it's a pepper plant. It may be a tomato. That's how much we know about these things at the moment. They just walked around the neighborhood together. It was, And it was while my oldest boy was off playing disc golf with, with his friends because he's home for home for the summer. And, and like I, I think about this, this word where I would say, you know, I couldn't love you more. Like I just couldn't love you more. And I understand that sentiment and I understand trying to express what this thing means. But if, if, you know, infinity says otherwise, like I, I will love you more. In fact, even in the next moment, I will love you infinitely more because that's how love, that's how love works. That's how infinity works, I guess. Um, anyway, um, so those are some things that I've been thinking about. I, I do want to talk a little bit about the the last session I've had at Living Lotus. Living Lotus is the counseling center that I go to. Um, Sarah Philbeck is, I mean, she's just, it's just been really phenomenal for me. I mean, for a lot of people. Um, and And the way that I try to, explain it i tried to explain this this kind of lostness and identity this kind of not knowing who i was this kind of and and she used the term you're grappling and i like that and and what it turns out is that i'm grappling for freedom i'm I'm freedom grappling and that's what i realized like that captures this feeling of of 
feeling like I'm floating along. And then there was the rope. And Sarah, Lotus, Sarah, uh, at Lotus, she pulled me out with the rope. And I, I don't necessarily just mean that figuratively, although it is that too. But it was a, it was a real rope. She said, let's try something. Because I was there, I was engaged in a flashback. It, you know, it's, it's, I've talked about this before. It's a, it's a sensory motor type of therapy where, where the, the things that I'm dealing with, where it's clenched fist, which is, I think what it was, or I was, I was grabbing onto the end of the table. I think that's what it was as we were talking about the, and she says, let's, let's see what's going on there. And, and then, you know, it's, you know, it, 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 I, I do make jokes about it sometimes, but it's just really real. Like what if, if your hand grabbing onto that, if it could say something about you, if it could say something to you, like that's how the process works. And it leads to extraordinary things. And the last couple have been really difficult, like really difficult, kind of psychedelic, almost like flashbacks. And I was there and I just remember at one point, she's like, are you still with me? You know, you seem like you've kind of gone somewhere. She says, let's try something. And she gets this rope. I don't even know what it was. I, I, I'm eager to ask her what it was next time. But for me, it's a rope. And, you know, was it a belt? Was it, I don't know what it was, but she says, here, grab hold of one. And I'm sitting on the couch and she stands up and, and she pulls. And, and I'm, I'm pulling on the other end. And no doubt I could have not gotten up. She's pretty strong and she had the leverage physics, but, I, I, I resisted, but I did give in to allowing myself to be pulled up off the couch and then pulled even further towards her out of this flashback into the present. And that was the only way I could describe what I felt at that point. The rope, the rope of, of rescue, of, of refuge, of resilience. Because there was this, there was this veil of darkness almost in this, in this flashback. Like, I, I, I guess I should back up and say that part of part of the situation, part of the therapy sessions the last couple of times has been now me kind of having a conversation with then me with this little snaggletooth, blonde-headed, you know, cotton-headed ninny muffin. What is it anyway? You know, like having the conversation with that kid. And I, I did. I, I said I wanted to pull him out. I wanted to pull him out of where he was. There was this veil of darkness where he was kind of in the light and I was in the darkness. And, 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 but there was this divide and and I was experiencing a whole bunch of rage. Like There was just this purity and this darkness and I'm, I'm enraged and angry and clenching my fist and grabbing this table. And what I would realize in the days that followed and the days that have followed was how much of that rage and that anger and, and shame and all those things that that I have towards myself. And as I as I continued this conversation with the little guy, with the little me, I, the phrase is, and I don't know where it's which way it's going. It's okay to be me. That's what I want to tell him. It's okay to be me. It's okay. You know, I know where you are. I know you're whatever, you know, in the 1980s somewhere. But it's cool, man. I'm here in 2023. And look, we, we made it. We're good. 
I want to bring him along because there's this there's this sense when I go through these sessions that that he gets stuck, that he, as Sarah uh, put it, that he gets frozen in time. He continues to exist, but and I think about I don't know if you've seen a beautiful mind. I think about I think about that. So I don't think I've quite crossed that threshold. But I want to allow him to continue to exist rather than just be frozen in time. And he says, it's okay to be me. And I know that, like, I have this realization that to allow him to be free, to get unstuck, to get unfrozen, that I have to be me. I have to fuse these parts together to allow them to flow back together like water fully that I have to be whole. It's only fair to him. I think about it in that way. It's only fair to a lot of people. Um, we'll, we'll come back to, to this idea, but, but first let's uh, take a little bit of a halftime break here. Kind of a random halftime a little bit. I, I, uh, with with a couple of different things that aren't related. Um, one of my favorite things to say to my youngest boy, Isaac, now is that I'm going to take him to the outskirts of town. And I read him the, the verse because I've read him the verse before, like Numbers or Leviticus or Deuteronomy. I forget where it is. But like if you have a rebellious son, and he doesn't listen to the father and the mother, then you take him to the edge of town. You take him outside the camp and you tell the elders what's going on. And then they stone him. <laughs> And I don't know if I should laugh at that or not, but that's a thing. It's it's a joke between me and my son. Of course, probably not going to stone him, probably. Um, and I was Googling it the other day, like trying to remember where the verse was. And the Google, like the Google search heading pops up and it's like 36, 30, 36 verses about taking the rebellious son and stoning, you know, or taking him to the outside of town. And we just had a huge laugh about that. Um, speaking of shame and, and anger and rage, I can't imagine where it comes from. Sorry, I don't mean to diss. But uh, yeah, so anytime Isaac acts up or, or whatever, I'm like, all right, boy, we'll take you to the edge of, edge of the camp here. Anyway, it's good if you need if you need it. You should look it up. It's real. Like, it's real. It's in the, it's in the Bible. Um, have y'all ever used the Paul Mitchell tea tree shampoo? Because if you haven't, oh my, oh my God, like, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's too, it costs too much. Although anything costs too much now, like fruit loops cost like $12. Biden. Um, everything's his fault. Of course. But get you some Paul Mitchell tea tree just one time in your life. Just get it. And just like, as you lather up, I, I mean, that's what I do. I lather up my head and then I get it on my beard and then I get it all over. Like I just, I just put it on my face and on my neck because you get that little tingle. And I breathe it in real deep. Oh, man. It's one of my smells. And I thought about adding best smells in here. Another best smell for me is gardenia flowers. But right now, it's like, man, the uh, my gardenia bushes aren't living. They're not, they're not doing well. So I cut the ones way back. And my one that's been here for, I don't know, it's been a lot of years. It may be just be time for it to be dead. But I love gardenia flowers. I like the magnolia flowers, too. They're, they're blooming out. I always say when it's uh, when the magnolia flowers are blooming, magnolia flowers are blooming that it's uh, it's time to get married because those are those are always around. Um, obviously, this time June 9th. 
We were watching a little bit of Castaway last night, and Castaway is another one of my top movies. I really do enjoy that one. Um, and it's right at the beginning when he gets on the island and he's having to figure out how to drink water and he's trying to drink coconuts. Um, and Sydney made the remark, she'd rather be stranded on a freshwater island. And I, I mean, come on, you have to agree with that. It's kind of funny. The last, the last thing for halftime and, and, uh, here is, is that I saw this meme that says if, if back to the future were made today, then he would have gone back to 1993. And I thought about that. And 30 years ago was 1993. And for those, for you young bucks that are listening, whatever, I don't want to hear it. But for those of y'all who are around my age or a little bit younger, maybe 1993 was 30 years ago. And uh, the movies like Jurassic Park, I never saw that one. I did see Rudy. And guess what else came out in 1993? Dazed and Confused. Oh my gosh. How many times have I seen that one? How many times do I still quote that movie Matthew McConaughey wow um the Sandlot came out the 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 songs I'm sorry but I just have to well Beanie Babies came out during that time as well um but let me just read you the billboard I'm not going to read all 100 of them but the billboard year end 100 hot singles of 93 I will always love you Whitney Houston number two comes in with won't there it is UB40 is on there. That's the way love goes. Janet Jackson. Oh man, that is silky smooth. Freak me. <laughs> Freak me. Freak me, babe. Uh, weak. Shy. If I ever fall in love. Oh man, that was a good one. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. And farm You know, some dance, dance, and I go blame. Oh man, nothing but a G thing. Wow. I mean, The Chronic, Dr. Dre. That was like right when CDs started to happen. We definitely had it. Um, what else is on here? Hock and sock and knock into the boots. Lately by Jodeci. Oh, that unplugged. Whew. Oh, look at that girl with a Daisy Dukes on. Wow, we had some real music back in 1993, didn't we? Um, of course, I don't know. Somewhere around in here. Two Princes. I'm going to walk 500 miles. That's a good one. Mr. Wendell. Oh, man. Bunch of good stuff. I would do anything for love. Meatloaf. Slam, Onyx, I mean, I'm just, I gotta stop, I gotta stop, PM Dawn, wow, okay, I'm really gonna stop, I'm really gonna stop, Hip Hop Hooray, oh, okay, okay, let's keep going, We're on, I'm only on 51, like, I'm only on 51, but what I was looking for, Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, um, Crying Aerosmith, all right, all right, I got it, what's your man got to do with me, I got a man. That one is number 63. Insane in the brain. I'm going way off track here, guys. I'm sorry. I hope this helps you. Um, I figured there would be some like, oh, Rebirth of Slick. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. That's Diggable Planets. Um, what else we got? I, I figured there would be some Hey Jealousy, Gin Blossoms. I figured there would be some Pearl Jam on here, but maybe that didn't make the big list. But anyway, 93. Wow. Bill Clinton was president, just barely, you know, getting started. The Waco thing happened with the the Branch Davidians, the World Trade Center bombing. But I'm talking about like when they bombed the basement of it, like the parking garage, and they thought it was going to tilt over. That was in 93. Like that was before we knew, you know, a geostorm would cost you 10 grand. 
a camcorder that you would hold up on your, I don't know, this might not be shoulder mounted yet, or this might still be handheld, but it was 500 bucks. Beanie Babies were out there, and I was a freshman in high school. Wow, that, that turned into a lot longer halftime, but it was worth it, taking that trip back to 1993. Whew. I have to make a playlist of all those songs, but for real, I think I really might. Anyway, back to um, now me and then me. And the rope is, you know, I'm being pulled out and I'm dealing with all these types of things and this darkness and this light, and this conflict and all that. And then, and then my therapist, Sarah, she says, you know, does he want to release some of these burdens? Which I thought at first was like a ridiculous question. Of course he does. But, but we haven't, you know, it, it's also a thing where you can become addicted to holding on to them. Like holding on to them becomes, it feels safe, I guess. Uh, maybe something I haven't really thought about much, but, but yes, like, yeah, he does. We, we do want to let go of these burdens, you know? And she, she asked, well, what, she didn't put it this way, but basically she was asking like, what element do you want to use to see letting go of these birds, to, to, to let go of these birds. Do you want to, do you want to use fire? Do you want to use wind? Do you want to use, you know, water, earth of some sort? And, um, for me, I saw the river, like I saw where I, I sit at the river and I saw laying these birds down. Um, okay, here, I'm going to lay these down in the river and they're going to float away and I'm going to watch them float away. But then the skeptic showed up, uh, we should have a tea time with Mara, a tea time with the skeptic, because the skeptic showed up. And even in my visualization of allowing these burdens to float down the river, the skeptic showed up and then they just circled back around. You know, they'll come back, says the skeptic. What are you up to, my friend? What are you up to? Why do we, why do we need to keep these burdens? How have they protected me in the past i appreciate it like i i appreciate what you've done for me and what you do for me mr skeptic um but but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let these things go now so that was a good tea time with the skeptic um but the skeptic did appear and so then I, I looked over, like I, I'm normally facing, I don't know if you can help me, you can picture it. I'm sitting on this rock, basically in the middle of some rapids and the river is flowing from, you know, our right to left. And I normally kind of focus at about, mm, let's say 12, one, two, two o'clock center, right. All right. And uh, because that's where the cool view is. And but I looked over back over my shoulder to the left a little bit and I saw this rock, this lone rock out in the river, not in the rapids part, just in the nice calm part of the river after it gets through the rapids. And there's a turtle out there. And of course I love the turtles. The turtles are my people. And I was like, Yes, okay, there you are. This is what I'll do. I will give you my anger because that's where that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. The the turtle knew what to do. I've got ahead of myself. The next day I went down to this rock, obviously. And I, and I, and I 
I told then me the story. I just sat there and I said it all. I said it all out loud. And then I told him the story after, you know, like my story. I told him my story. I told him his and I told him mine. The two stories that go, you know, on either side of that veil. I told him it's difficult me because it's still it's still all present. Like it's still here. I'm the mayor of this town. I don't know if it would be easier somewhere else, but here I am. And I'm trying really hard, you know, I'm trying really hard to let go, to help you let go. I want you to know that I'm trying. I'm saying all this stuff out loud. The turtles are sitting there with me. This lotus process has been really difficult at times. This this counseling, therapy, sensory motor, you know, whatever it is, has been really difficult. But as Thich Nhat Hanh says, you don't get the lotus flower without the mud. And I did. I settled on anger. I've I've identified four four items. I'll go ahead and lay them out. I had thought about it. But anger, my lonely, like a sense of loneliness, Um, maybe isolation is is that word, shame and, and fear. And in those order, I kind of aim to, to, to let go of those things. And I settled on anger as the first burden to begin to lay down. And I'm sitting there on the rock, just searching for the reservoirs of anger. And they weren't difficult to find. Um, I, I don't doubt that I have some other places, but, but there's anger at, at the people, you know, anger at the injustice at, at, at people who use the word, bear with me here, okay, stick with me, at, at the people who say the word trauma so loosely, like it's become a pop culture kind of thing now. And and, and I have anger at that. I, I, again, stick with me. At those who don't understand when I speak of mine, who just go on with their life after a gasp and a sympathetic look. Seriously, I, I don't mean to belittle what you have been through. I know that um, everybody's been through their junk, man. Everybody's been through their junk. And some people like way worse than me. Are there degrees of these things? That's my issue is that I should probably let go of that sentiment that there's some type of sliding scale. I don't mean to belittle yours. I'm just stating what my reaction is. I'm just searching for these reservoirs of anger that I have. And, And honestly, like this process is really helping my capacity for empathy and and sympathy to multiply. I have a lot of anger and, and, and no doubt a lot of anger hidden away, rage that is directed at other people and events and philosophies and so on. But what I, I guess came to discover more out in the open through this process on the rock, kind of post- therapy session, you know, unfolding and processing is how much anger I have at myself. Like, I have a lot of anger at myself. A lot of rage directed towards me. And so that that stuff's deep-seated and those you know, that's just buried. It's deep. It's it's going to be tough to to let go of. But this is the process. I, I, I've I have anger at drivers. 
had drivers who, you know, especially like if they're over the center line, and I, I don't think that's unfounded. Like, I think it's fine to have anger at a driver who isn't driving well, who could cause harm to someone else. I'm not really talking about people who are going too slow. That's frustration, whatever. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I have the rage boil up and I hit the horn. But what is it going to do? And that's part of the understanding, part of the recognition. I have real anger towards students who are apathetic, who have such a sense of entitlement. But I do understand what these kids have been through over the last couple, like what their high school career has been marked by. I know what they've been conditioned into. I want to be able to, ah, I want to shake them. You know, I want to be able to tell them. And so I do have that type of anger. Anytime there's confrontation and heated discussions at like a, a council meeting or, you know, something to that effect, like a tense moment at school or whatever, then, then anger is my default. My nervous system drives that train for the time being. I, <laughs> I've been processing um, and practicing and I'm telling you like what my practice has been. I'm, I'm really trying to see these, um, these knots. I'll talk about the knots in just a second, but like recognizing these surface level angers, not the ones that are necessarily deep seated. We're working on those. We're letting those go. I know that that's a huge process, a long process to un untangle my nervous system kind of in that way. Um, and so I'm, I'm feeling good and I, I woke up, I, I don't know, it was Friday. It was Friday morning. It was yesterday. And I woke up early. I'd been waking up around five and I got up and I did my stretches and I sit and I breathe in and I think about how I'm going to let go of my anger. Like I'm really consciously working on this, really, really practicing. And then, you know, Sydney uh, was skipping the day. So I didn't, ha all I was just headed to school. I left out early. I walk out and I smell like the outside and see the sunrise and all those things are beautiful. And I do that every morning and I drop my little pebble in the bucket of life on the way out to, to think about the ripples that, that I will create that day. And there at the end of the driveway is the recycling can because it, it gets picked up on Friday mornings every other week. And there it is lying on the ground with a pizza box still in there. Not a, not a Domino's delivery or whatever. I'm talking about like, um, Tony's pizza or something, whichever one we get, DiGiorno. Because every other week when they come and they pick up the recycling can, these people driving the truck, they, they don't set it up right. And you can see, you can hear it. This causes me anger. And at this particular moment, I go out there, I've been breathing, I've been pondering, I've been processing and praying and all these things like trying to let go of this anger and I walk out and it hit me for a split second. And then I just had to laugh. I just had to laugh. It, it just, um, you know, so practicing letting go, but, uh, but, but let's, let's take it back to the river, um, to, to the rock. Cause as I was trying to decide how best to release, how best to release my anger, as I said earlier, well, the the turtle took my anger. Like, I was like, okay. Uh, the skeptic says I'm not gonna just let it go into the river. It's gonna it's gonna float back around. I, I tried to think about, okay, can I let it go up into the sun and it will burn up and all this kind of stuff. And so I look over and I see the turtle on this long rock, like across the river, in the calm part. And I'm like, oh, 
Mr. Turtle, I know we've had conversations before. W would you mind um, allowing me to give you my anger? And I did that. I visualized that. I closed my eyes for a little bit or just turned back and looked the other way. I was going to turn back around to take a picture <laughs> at the end so I could document this. I mean, like, I don't know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds later, I looked back over there and the turtle was gone. The turtle was gone. He took off. The turtle knew. The turtle knew about the skeptic. I don't know where that anger went. I don't know where that anger went. Because the turtle knew what to do. Appreciate you, turtle. So the thing I'm really trying to practice again, Thich Nhat Hanh, one of my daily readings in your true home, talked about untying knots. Untying the knots quickly. When I get these knots of anger at drivers or at students or at, you know, at, at whatever, at the recycling can, like, I want to focus on untying those knots quickly. That's my practice. By noticing the anger, you know, by noticing, by, by recognizing what my nervous system is doing uh, and my emotions are following or perhaps happening at the same time, I want to respect that anger. So sometimes that anger is going to be justified and warranted and understandable, you know, but either way, like I want to understand it and respect it. And I want to understand the whole situation, like the whole scene. And so by noticing, respecting and understanding, then those knots will be easier to untie quickly. And then the knots below, I think, will be easier to access. As I meditate and pray, I seek to surrender. I've said surrender to the flow quite a bit. Obviously, it's a fish lyric that I hold very closely. I seek to surrender my anger and my rage. And I I make those motions with my hands, you know, as I'm at the river. I seek to surrender the anger and the rage, and, the rage, and I seek forgiveness. I pray that I can forgive. Forgive the others. Forgive all the people that I have anger towards. And that includes forgiving myself. Maybe most importantly, forgiving myself. I've been quite familiar with the scriptures for a while. I know the concept of forgiving others and, and the concept that by not doing so, that it, it's difficult or maybe impossible to receive forgiveness from the one. But I never thought about how important it is to forgive yourself. Like you got to be able to forgive yourself in order to receive forgiveness. But take your small steps, DT. Take your small steps and be glad. I was walking back after this session at the Rock, where I had gone through all this stuff, and the turtle had taken my anger, and I was just kind of. You know, just walking and thinking and processing and loving life and seeing the flowers and dodging the snakes and all the things that I do. And I was moving on to phase two. I was ready to start dealing and tackling with the loneliness because I like that. I like to solve problems. But I caught myself. I was like, all right, hold on. 
because I, I, I caught myself wrestling with phase two and going down. Oh, and this guy, you know what it was? I'm just now realizing it. The skeptic appeared again. That's what it was. Wow. I'm just realizing that. Um, but I was able to quickly notice, respect, understand, and move on. I'm like, hey, you know. In fact, I said out loud to myself, be glad about the anger, I says to myself. Which made me COL. We say chuckle out loud. That made me COL. Because I need to celebrate the victories. Even if I can just let go just a little bit. If I can just let go just a little bit of anger and rage and begin to let go of that, then I need to celebrate that. I need to be glad and rest, you know, rest in that gladness and victory. Rest in that stage one. There'll be time. There'll be time to let go of the next thing. I saw some kids uh, out the way and passed them by, you know, those little little girl and just wave hey you know like little only little kids can do as you as you walk by and they kind of follow you with their eyes like oh another human being you know barely able to talk if 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 anything just that stage so probably what two a little over two and i wave at them i love waving at the little kids and and talking to them and and seeing their eyes light up and all that kind of stuff and i just realized you know it's not totally difficult just be kind and then i told myself, you are kind. And I used some words. Can I say MFR? I don't know. I might have to put that. I said that to myself. You are kind. I'm saying hey to these little kids. I, I know what kindness is. Who I am isn't that much of a mystery. You know, Mr. Skeptic. <laughs> we'll have some tea. I'm wrapping up here. I, I'll, I'll, I just want to say like, at the end, or it wasn't at the end, it was it was somewhere during the session, this really difficult session with the rope that my my counselor Sarah, I call her Sarah Lotus in my phone, that's just what I think of because it's Living Lotus. And she says, You will be free and you won't have to grapple for it. Healing is a real thing. And even though you doubt it, even though you're skeptical that it will, you will be free. You won't have to grapple for it. And I hope some of you hear that too. I'll be free to be me. She said a couple of things. She said, you don't have to be shiny here. And later she said, you're doing a great job in both of those things. You don't have to be shiny here. You're doing a great job. They they just elicited, evoked this well of emotion, this sense of how much I needed to hear that, you know, and I don't think that's just psychological stuff. Like that's hope. That's hope. And the experience of feeling that and responding to that and believing that that's the spirit I read uh, a man called Ove, as I mentioned, and it's, I mean, wow, it's just wow. But early, she, one of the characters quotes, um, th this is no spoiler here. She quotes Shakespeare. She says, they say the, the best men are molded out of their faults. 
And I like that. I got a lot of those, a lot of faults, you know. I got a lot of faults that you know about and the whole bunch that you don't. And I find that fault with myself very easily. But they say that the best men are molded out of their faults. All of us are. All of us are. We live and we learn. My Angelou says, you know, do the best you can until you until you know better. And when you know better, do better. Just that single ray of light. Just that single ray of light. Just that one little turtle that disappears unexpectedly. You know? Just that single ray of light chases away a lot of shadows. Yes, this has been a Church of Six production. Brought to you by the Bucket of Life, by the Wall of Belief, by the Token of Hope, by the Magic Rock times two, the Foundation Tower of Stone, and by the Rope, the Rope of Reconciliation. Nothing divine is desperate, y'all. May all your circumstances serve to awaken compassion. And teach peace. Don't forget to believe, y'all. And be live. Peace, my friends.